Good morning, church. I am so glad that you are joining us this morning on YouTube. It is a wonderful day to be part of MCC Tampa. If you are new to our services, if you're watching us and you, you haven't been here in person, please let us know you're here. Comment in the comment section, and also you can send us an email at churchoffice at mcctampa.com. Of course, as always, we would love for you to take a selfie of yourself right now participating in worship. So go ahead and get out your phone, take a picture, post it on Facebook. Even though we're watching on YouTube, we want to continue posting on Facebook so that people know that we are here together in our virtual spaces, having church with one another. When you post your selfie, please put the hashtag WeAreMCCTampa and hashtag selfies in service. I'm so glad that you are here with us this morning. Let's pray. God of love and light, God who fills us with your joy and your hope, be with us today. Help us to feel you, God. Help us to know that we are together as a community. We are gathered together in our spirits, in our hearts, with one another. Thank you, God, for making us MCC Tampa. Thank you for this family of faith. Amen. Please join us in the call to worship. Through the prophets, ancient and new, we come to understand differently the story of us. God frees us from evil's deceit and lifts the veil from our perception. We are not powerless before evil. We are not without hope. We need not be afraid. Though destruction comes our way, we are still healers, community builders, makers of beauty, cultivators of delight. We are abundant in wisdom, and together our courage abounds. We will not be led astray by untruths that close our hearts off to the life that remains. God is not dead, but alive. We press on together by the power of love. Amen. All right, little saints. I am so glad that you are watching the service with, with your families, with the rest of our community. I want to ask you today about hope. What does hope feel like? When we think about hope, it's often about something in the future, something that will happen, something that we desire to happen. What happens when we start talking about hope in the past tense? Think about a time that you said, I hoped for something. Often, when we hear hoped, what we hear is something that didn't happen. I hoped that I would have a good day. I hoped that I would get a good grade on my test, but I didn't have a good day, and I didn't get a good grade. What does it feel like when hope switches from the future to the past? What does it feel like to let go of hope 
as a future thing. Sometimes that's hard. And hard feelings that we experience are important. It's important to talk about them. It's important to feel them. And sometimes when we hoped for things and those things didn't happen, it's important to be sad about it. And when we think about the things we hoped for, that our hopes did not come to fruition, did not actually happen, let's think about what happened instead. So maybe we had hoped for a particular thing for our birthday or for Christmas, and we got something else. And then we decided that we like this thing better. And maybe we hoped that we would get to do something exciting, or we hoped that we would get to go back to school and see our friends before the end of the school year. And things aren't coming out the way that we had hoped, but we can find joy. We can find joy in the missed hopes. So I want you to model for the rest of us what it is like to find joy, even when what we hope for isn't happening. I've heard from some of your parents this week. I've heard that Harmony is very sad to not be going back to school. My kids are sad to not be going back to school. Let's find some hope in these difficult places. I love you, I miss you. I hold on to a future hope. I can't wait to have you here with me again. I can't wait for this community to hear how amazing you have been in this difficult time. That hope is alive. And you keep hope alive for all of us. Amen. Good morning, MCC. Welcome. We're so glad that you're worshiping with us online at home in your jammies. But we still invite you to stand up, raise your hands to the Lord, clap and sing and dance because we are joyful in this Easter season. Let us celebrate Jesus. Thank you. 
Would you join me in prayer? Loving God, you say that when two or three are gathered together in your name, you will be in the midst of them. And with such thanksgiving, we lift up to you this congregation, a group of faithful people who come to church to worship and praise you. God, we give you thanks for MCC Tampa and for MCCs worldwide. God, bless us and our denomination in this time. God, bless those who, in the midst of this pandemic, are suffering in mind or body or spirit. God, give them the victory of life and peace which will sustain them during these times. Heal them and let your Holy Spirit comfort them in their times of trial and suffering. Loving God, we offer up prayers for Doreen who has been taken to the hospital with a possibly broken hip. We know that this is a stressful time to be in the hospital and it is so hard to not have someone there with you. So we pray for Doreen, we pray for Jenny who wishes that she could be at her side. God, we also lift up prayers for Debbie, who has hurt her back. We pray for your healing touch on all who are experiencing pain. We pray for your calm, for your love, for your grace. As we continue in prayer this morning, I invite you in these few moments to close your eyes and see Jesus as you see Jesus. Loving God, we thank you that we can come together through prayer. And even though we are separated by distance, we are together through your Holy Spirit. We thank you this morning that we have this opportunity to share together as we continue to worship and give you praise. We continue to lift up those in our church family that have needs. Many are unspoken, but you know what those needs are. And for those who are struggling, perhaps for loneliness, we pray that you would surround them. For those that are going through sickness, may they know your presence, even during those challenging times. We continue to pray for our church family and our congregation that during these times when we can't be together, may your spirit bind us. May we feel your presence and your comfort to be near to us. We pray for this service as it is put together. May it be done through your leading that it would be a blessing to others. We pray for the one that would bring the message this morning that you would anoint them, that you would give them the words, and that we would, as listeners here, what you have to say to us this morning. Pray these things in Jesus' name. 
Amen. I'm Kevin Klar, and today's first reading is the 116th Psalm. I love the Lord because God has heard my voice and my supplications, because God inclined an ear to me. Therefore, I will call on God as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of our God. O oh Lord, I pray, save my life. What shall I return to the Lord for all God's bounty to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of our God. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all God's people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of God's faithful ones. O Lord, I'm your servant. I am your servant, the child of your servant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you a thanksgiving sacrifice and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all God's people in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Good morning. My name is Jackie Davis Gladney. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Luke. Now on the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly saying, stay with us because it's almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. 
When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning with us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. Will you join me in prayer, please? Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your holy presence with us. As we come to understand hope in new ways, as we come to understand our journey with you in new ways, God, thank you for opening our hearts, teaching us new messages about solidarity and community. We thank you, God, for the wilderness spaces that have extended past the Lenten season, for the wilderness around us in Easter. Amen. Here in this season of Easter, the weeks that that follow the day when we celebrate resurrection. We hear these stories. We hear the stories of what happened after the empty tomb. And we hear the echoes of the Psalms in this season. The snares of death encompassed me, says the psalmist. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. There, surrounded by death. The psalmist called out to God, save my life. And then was filled with gratitude. How do we show God our gratitude? With this overflowing cup, this salvation that we have experienced, how do we experience God? The reality of resurrection that we have come to know in a new way, a shifting way. It has changed. This Easter is very Eastery. This season of Lent led to more solitude and isolation than any of us had anticipated, and we came to Easter, and it all got turned upside down from what we expected. And we get to know the community of Christ, the community that journeyed with Jesus. We get to know them in a new way. So let's step into the shoes of these disciples on their way to Emmaus. Now this story has a parallel timeline to the story we heard last week. This story takes place on what we know as Easter, on the day of the empty tomb. 
These are not the same disciples that were that were hidden away in the upper room. This is part of the community that fled, that left. The story from Luke's gospel speaks of disciples walking along the road. They've heard. They've heard that the tomb was empty. The body was not there. And they heard it from the women. And they didn't believe the women. Or maybe they did believe, but they just couldn't totally understand. There's a lot to unpack there about whose voice matters, whose voice has meaning, whose voice is worth listening to. How would it have been different if they had listened with their whole being, if they had trusted, if they had internalized that message? How would it have been different? Instead, they are walking on the road to Emmaus. Their Easter was not the way that we understand Easter. They are tired and upset. They have not just had an Easter egg hunt. Their bellies are not full from the Easter potluck. They've left town defeated. So a stranger comes up alongside of them and says to them, you know, what's going on? And they're incredulous. Can you think of a time in your life when it felt like things have stood still? You've lost someone you love. Your life has been torn apart. And then you look around and there are people who don't even know that it has happened. It's hard to even interact with people who are not living in that trauma with you. So they respond, it, are you the only person who doesn't know what has happened? Cleopas explains that Jesus, a prophet, was crucified and condemned. And he says, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. We had hoped. Hope in the past tense. When we speak of hope as a thing of the past, it is so often steeped in grief. And what were they expecting? What had they hoped for? Which of their hopes had been destroyed? Many had hoped that a new ruler would come, that this ruler would take control, echoing the power dynamics that were already in place, but putting them on the top and others on the bottom. It was hard to understand Jesus's message of a totally new way of being. They had hoped for something and they left in despair. They left while they were still in danger. They left as an occupied people. They themselves unable to internalize and hear and know Christ's message. The empty tomb had not come to them as good news. These men 
on the road to Emmaus could not allow their hopes to continue because hope had become past tense. They were entrenched in their suffering and could not find anything beyond that. So why couldn't they recognize Jesus? Yet again, we have a story where Jesus appears and is unrecognizable. What was he teaching them? What was he showing them in being unrecognizable? Was it that he didn't look like himself? So that they could suddenly realize that Christ comes to them in other people. That part of their job and therefore part of our job as followers of Christ is to become able to recognize Christ in other people. Or maybe it was that they were, like Thomas, so overwhelmed with their sadness and disappointment and grief They were lamenting that hope no longer was a thing to look for in the future, but was a memory of what was hoped for and did not happen. And they were in that place, so they could not even comprehend that the person they were grieving was alongside them. We don't know why they didn't recognize him. But we do know that sometimes, even now, we do not recognize Christ. Sometimes we think that Christ has to fit into one narrow category and Christ shows up and we do not even realize it. Does it mean we're bad Christians? No. It means we are human beings. We are people who stumble through this life, who make mistakes, who get upset, who don't always get along, who experience heartbreak and tragedy. We are people who experience injustice. And sometimes that injustice gets woven so deeply into our sense of who we are that when Christ appears to us and shows us a way to experience liberation, we cannot see Christ there. What does it mean as we think about this story today? What does it mean as we sit in our homes and think about this story? We've been told to stay inside. We know this. We've talked about it week after week. That is why I am preaching to an empty room with only one other person in this building, the person I live with. We put up these walls of who's safe and who is not safe to be around, and it is scary. And what are we learning here? We've been told to stay inside, and it is not just for our own safety. We've been told to stay inside because we know solidarity matters. The early messaging around you'll be okay as long as you are young and fit, as long as you don't have one of these underlying conditions, that messaging changed rapidly as we realized that the responsibility isn't just that I don't get sick or that you don't get sick, that that We have a responsibility to a community. And we are experiencing inconvenience. Most of us are blessed to be experiencing only inconvenience. And many among us are experiencing food insecurity that is very real. Many of us are experiencing situations where we do not feel safe. 
I heard this week, and I can't remember where I read it, but I heard a great message that people keep saying we're all in the same boat. We're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm. Our boats are different. This is inconvenient for most of us. What does it mean to journey to Emmaus in our own homes? What does it mean to have experienced wilderness that we thought would end at Easter and we are still experiencing it? Because our wilderness isn't about trees and rivers and bugs and all of those things. Our wilderness is about this disconnection that we are feeling from each other. The weight of this is getting to us. The weight of the inconvenience. So Jesus comes to us sometimes with a face we do not recognize, sometimes with words that we don't understand. And when are we unable to recognize Jesus? Or maybe a better question is, when are we unwilling to recognize Jesus? We have to be willing to trust. We have to be willing to know that Christ is here we have to be willing to accept that we don't always get our way. And it is so frustrating. It is okay to be frustrated. It is okay to talk about hope in the past tense. It is okay to feel like this is unfair because it is unfair. And yet we continue to journey. And yet we continue to lament. And we continue to grieve together. And we continue to be in solidarity. Because the person who we are protecting isn't necessarily ourselves. The person that we are protecting that is journeying with us is Christ. This message of love, this message of a radical transformation, not one in which Jesus showed up and changed things so that Jesus had the power and other people had power and stomped on the lowly. Jesus said, this is not how it works. Not some heavy-handed ruler something new, something different. Trust that what matters is that we love each other. There will be a push. I feel it already. A push to a new normal. A push to pretend that none of this happened. You hear the messaging. Look at all we have lost. Look at all we have suffered. Look at all we have done. And only this many people have died. Was it worth it? Was my inconvenience worth it? What happens when we open up? What happens when things start to feel normal? Was it worth it? What a luxury and an amazing thing that those of us who are living and breathing have the ability to be inconvenienced. I understand the disciples in a way I never have in my life, and I hope you do too. In this space of inconvenience, in this space of unfairness, of uncertainty, and I know that many have lost their jobs, lost their ability to support their families, are, are getting deeper and deeper in debt, and this is a heavy, heavy burden. We need solidarity more than ever before in our lifetimes right now, facing something we never have before. 
Where can we find Christ? Where can we find Christ when we need Christ's spirit? Haven't we all journeyed on that road? Feeling lost, feeling torn down, feeling like we can't handle this. That's where Christ is. That's why Christ came for all of us. How do we honor this spirit of Christ that loves and lives through us by loving each other? We are so blessed to have each other. We are so blessed to be a family. Those who are new to our community watching online, we are so blessed to be with you. There is hope. There is joy. This is resurrection. Resurrection isn't perfect. Resurrection doesn't happen the way we want on our timeline. We are like the disciples who are saying it's not working out. This is resurrection and I am so grateful for it. Let's celebrate Christ together. Let's celebrate that solidarity that we know in a new way as we care for our community, as we hold one another, as we pray deeply for each other. And we know that we are good at it. We are good at loving each other. We are good at this thing called community and we are good at seeing Christ in each other. Amen. And now it's time for the call for the offering. You know, when I think about the road to Emmaus, we are all on that journey together as a church. And now I would invite you to the degree that you can to give and give generously to your church, which is doing so much to support you and so many others during this difficult time. There are lots of ways to give. You can text to give. You can give through Breeze. And lots of those ways are going to be right there on the bottom of the screen. I hope that you will give prayerful consideration to the ways in which you can give both of your treasure, but also of your time and your talent. In this time of opportunity for our church, I hope that you will join me in thanking God for the blessings, the many blessings that we share together. Would you join me in prayer? Loving, gracious, and holy God, we thank you. We thank you for the ways in which we are all richly blessed. May we share with your church some of those blessings. And may we live into our calling on our own travels and in our travels as community to always worship and give you thanks for the blessings that we've received. In your many holy names we pray. Amen.
communion celebration. This celebration, this table is open to all. I encourage you to, to gather up something so that you can consume communion with us. Go ahead and, and have your, your bread and your juice or whatever you have on hand ready. We take this opportunity to pause this is when we honor Christ, when we honor our neighbor, when we honor strangers here and throughout the world. We invite you, we invite you to join with us, no matter where you are, from this sanctuary to your home, you are welcome here. The psalmist said, That in those times of fear and anguish, he called out to God. Then I called on the name of our God. O Lord, I pray, save my life. What shall I return to the Lord for God's bounty to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of God. We are here to lift up together the cup 
of salvation. Join me as we call on God. Join me in centering ourselves for this meal. God of new life, we come to you confessing that we are guilty of creating emotional wilderness spaces. Spaces of raised voices and slammed doors, of judgments passed and accusations cast, of cold shoulders and deep regret. We create these spaces when we feel threatened, afraid, or ashamed, which is far too often given the promises that you make to us. So draw us back to the beginning, where you were created, where you created us, and it was good. Smooth over our wilderness scars and fill our veins with your love. For like the disciples on that Easter morning, we are running toward you. Amen. It was on that night when Jesus was gathered with his beloveds. They took the bread into his hands. He gave thanks for it and blessed it, and he broke it, saying, This is my body broken for you. As you eat it, remember me. And he took that cup of salvation, that cup of freedom into his hands. He let them know that this, this is his blessing. This is his blood, his spirit poured out for them, for all of us. He reminded them that as they eat this bread and drink from this cup, that he is among them, that he is among us here at this table. God, we pray for transformation. We pray for the transformation of the elements that we have. We pray for sacred spaces that we create in our own Homes. We pray that you transform us so that we can continue to transform this world with your love. Amen. Please join us in singing the prayer that Jesus taught us.
family of faith. We come to this table with wilderness scars. Scars from moments when we didn't belong and memories of nights that felt too long. The wilderness is inescapable from time to time. So this is why we come to this table. This is why we create this table for ourselves in our own sacred places, because here at this table, all belong. Here at this table, the night never wins. And here at this table, we remember that life overcomes death. So come. Come with your prayers and your alleluias. Come with your hopes and your dreams. Come not because you have to, but come because you can. And come because each wilderness has its end. Jesus is here. Jesus with his scars and his empty tomb. So come. Beloved one, we give thanks for all the prophets who bring truth to the surface. Help us linger in their wisdom. And even when we are uncomfortable, give us the courage to listen with our hearts open to transformation. Give us the strength to tell the story of us through radical love of Christ. And give us the faith to live in solidarity with all who abide in the shadow of death. Amen. Please join us from home for our closing song, Forever Rain. Your embrace. 
journey of our week. Let's look for the places where we see Christ. Let's reflect Christ's love on all who we see in person, all we, who we interact with online. Let's share Christ's love. Amen.